Alrighty, so Besiyat HaDashimahe, with the help of the Master of the World, we're going to begin tonight's shir, today's shir, in Sichas Haran. We're going to do a quick review of Sichas Haran Chav Beis, which we began last week, and sort of close off the idea with this piece from the Zara Kaddish. There are more chairs, black chairs, if you need. Are there more chairs here? Okay. Thank you so much for coming. So we're just going to do a quick review of Chav Bey's inside. It's not very long. It's tiny, actually. And then see one other element that we began talking about last week of what this idea is, what this concept is. Thank you for coming. This concept of HaKadosh Baruch Hu shaking the Rishayim, shaking the wicked off the world, that Pasuk. And what that means, we learned from the Malbim last week. Remember, at the very end of this year, we learned from the Malbim about what the edges of the earth are in the sense of HaKadosh Baruch Hu bringing dawn, bringing light, and those that are not connected to this exposure to light, so oftentimes when we mention the Mar, the Mar Shemesh, we mention the Kedusha Slevi, that there's a concept that Choshech, Makas Choshech in Mitzrayim was actually light. There was light in their dwelling, not contrast to the Mitzrayim who had darkness, but rather the very light that the Am Yisrael were experiencing was the darkness for the Rishaim. They didn't have kalim for it. They didn't have vessels for it. And sometimes the most blinding thing and the deepest, most harmful darkness is too much exposure to light, right? And so this is the same idea that we learned from the Malbim. This is the way in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sort of shaking the wicked off, right? By, by bringing a tremendous amount of light to the world. And ultimately, like we learned, connection to a tzaddik enables a person to be able to hold on even in such a circumstance. That was the Malbim. Let's see the piece inside, and then we'll learn the piece from the Tsar, the teaching from Lukut Imran, and then go into the bulk of tonight, which is Sicha Chav Gimel, the Siyat So thank you all for being here, for, for learning with me, for learning with us, and uh, all with, uh, with Siyat Rishmaya. Says the It's a very good thing for a person to be connected to this kind of tzaddik. We spoke about era-defining tzaddikim, game-changing tzaddikim, revealing different levels of Torah, moving Am Yisrael along closer and closer to the redemption. I have to just close that WhatsApp here. Closer and closer to the Gula. So it's very good to be connected to that kind of tzaddik. Kila said, ultimately, the Pasik says in Eiv, Ksev Lechaz Vikan that a Kodesh Baruch Hu will hold on to the edges of the earth via Naru Rishayimimena and shake the wicked off, right? Obviously, it doesn't mean literally the earth doesn't have edges, and that's not exactly a Kodesh Baruch Hu's business, it's just like, you know, casting people off into, uh, into space. What does it mean? So we learned already, like I just reviewed outside. In whatever sense the Pasuk means. But a person who merited to draw close to a true tzaddik as a yachzik. Such a person will have the option to sort of hold on to the tzaddik even if he himself is not worthy. We're going to learn from the Ramchal. That the Ramchal speaks about the possibility for such a thing. We're going to learn about this. How that's built into the Anhaga. That the Tzaddik has a schus. And those that are connected to him can be, can be zoche within the schus of the Tzaddik. Even if they themselves are not, are not worthy. And such a person will remain on, firmly rooted in his place. We also spoke about extremes. And how the Tzaddik MS, how the Tzaddikim are revealing a Torah of balance. Right? And the edges are the extremes. And over there it's very, very dangerous because one little, little you know, wind blows and you're off the edge because you're already anyway hanging out on the edge. And the goal is balance. And these tzaddikim that we spoke about last week are revealing very, very much balance into the world. The right blend between Ava and Yira, Halacha and Agada, you know, all of the different elements of Yiddishkeit to sort of present the balance and present Torah and Tefillah as being you know, both 
the, the ultimate ideal, seen as equals in relation to the ultimate goal of getting close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as opposed to Torah being a goal in and of itself, or tefillah being a goal in and of itself. The great equalizer is realizing that all of these are only means toward the ultimate end of a relationship. When we reframe Yiddishkeit in such a way where it's not about my own perfection and how I can get Olam Haba, but it's about HaKadosh Baruch Hu and drawing His light into our lives, so then everything changes, right? And everything is seen as being an equal means toward the ultimate end, and in that way, there's a tremendous amount of balance that's brought into our lives. And that enables us to stay away from the edges where HaKadosh Baruch Hu can shake people off because it's very, very hard to stay committed for a very long period of time if there's extremism. That center path, the golden median. And, uh, and so that's what Ibn Ahmed says. Such a person will not be shaken off of the earth in such a way because such a person has held himself and connected himself with the tzaddik. It says the Heilig Zara Kaddish and Parshas Vayeshev, a very beautiful short little piece. It's actually in the context of a much longer, much more beautiful piece than is even captured in these few lines, but this is a good Zara to look up. And the tzaddik says, the Heilig Arashvi, Avram Avinu tells Eliezer to go and find the Shidduch for Yitzchak, not from the Oiv de Abedizara from the Kanani, we're going to see the next line, Kanani. but El, to, to go to Moladati, the Pasuk says, go to my people. The Aldan, this is what the deeper meaning of that is, that Avram Avinu is speaking to Eliezer. What does this mean? That's what the Zara Kaddish is revealing, the inner dimension of this Pasuk. What does it mean, spiritually speaking? My Levni. All of those souls that are coming out of this Nahar, that's flowing out of Eden, all of these souls that are ultimately created from that very lofty spiritual source. These are all the sons of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's not literally speaking only about Yitzchak, who was the son of Avram, but over here we see it as HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking. That these, these are the children, so to speak, these holy souls that emerge from that very elevated spiritual place. What's Isha? Dagufa. If Bni is a soul, so then the Isha that is going to be matched with the soul is a reference to the body. Dagufa. Livni Danishmasa. Like we said, Bni, the reference to Yitzchak Avinu, but the reference to all of us as HaKadosh Baruch Hu's children, that's the Neshama. So don't take a goof. Don't take an Isha for the Neshama, for the soul. Thank you so much for coming. Do we have a chair? Uh, another chair, perfect. From the Benois HaKanani. What does this mean? This is a reference to the impure bodies of the nations of the world. And here's one of the only places in the Zara Kaddish that this Pasuk, is, uh, is, is, is quoted, this Pasuk from Iyad. So here the Zohar Kaddish already makes reference to this Pasuk. Why should we not take those impure bodies and match them together with Jewish souls? Because ultimately those bodies, in whatever sense, are going to be shaken out of the world. Like the Pasuk says in Iyad, That's the Pasuk Rabbi Nachman is quoting, Like a person goes takes a, a talus and cleans it off from all the dust. These elements ultimately, in a certain way, are rooted in, the klipa are rooted in, in a, an impure source, and like dust, will ultimately not 
share in that illumination that Am Yisrael are going to be Zochein. Maybe through Am Yisrael they will be by extension, but not essentially. And there's, a, there's, a, there's a higher element of even the physicality of a Jewish person being a copy, right, and a manifestation of the spirituality. There's something holy about that in and of itself. There's a distinction, not simply on a soul level, on a goof level. So what does this have to do with connecting to a tzaddik and how is this going to help us avoid this? So here we go into Likut Imran, Chaf Beis, Aizvav, and also a little bit from Aizches. And the tzaddik says like this, V'chim it's very powerful. Each and every person has a soul and a body. And Rabbi Nachman spends a great deal of time speaking about how we're supposed to make our bodies, our physical capacities, a kli, a vessel, for the expression and the perception of the soul. That primarily, we should view our identity, we spoke about this so, often, so much in the past two years, and we speak about it a lot, our core identity of holiness rooted in the neshama. That's who we are. The body is there much like a car to a driver, right? For the neshama to utilize the capacities of the body for its aims, to reveal itself, to bring about kvot shemaim in the world, as well as to engage with the physical world and thereby elevate all of those different elements of the human experience that angels have no shaykhs with, which is one of the reasons why we say tzeischem l'shalem to the malachim right before Kiddush is because we're about to make Kiddush on a cup of wine. It's something malachim have no shaykhs with. So we, at this point, we say tzeischem l'shalem, right? Because this is something only a human being can do, can hold a cup of wine wine, you know, something physical and sanctified to the highest level, this is the neshama utilizing the capacities of the physical body for its own ends, like a driver to a car. But says Rabbi Nachman, there's also an aspect of guf and nefesh in klalius. What does that mean? Says the Heli Gerebus Chusiyagunaleinu. V'chein is b'nei adam in general, not just within each person's own person, right, in his own identity, but B'Klalius, there's also an aspect of etzem ubasar, essence and flesh. There's also an aspect there of essence and flesh. Thank you so much for coming. There are more chairs. If you go one half flight up, you'll see black chairs. Those also belong to us. You can bring them down, okay? There's also an element of essence and flesh there. Hainu. Shachachama emes, the truth tzaddik, that we're trying to get close to. He is the Bechinas neshama, to our neshama and goof together. So each and every one of us have a neshama and a guf. That tzaddik, klape, in relation to the rest of Am Yisrael, who are composite of guf and nefesh in and of themselves, he represents the neshama of all of Am Yisrael. So that means that in the same manner, thank you so much for coming, in the same way that we ourselves are striving to allow our physical bodies to become a vessel, to become a kli for the neshama, in the same way Beklalius in a more collective sense, Am Yisrael as a whole are charged with going ahead and making themselves the guf to the neshama of the tzaddik in the sense that we want to allow the teachings of the tzaddik to illuminate our, not only our physical bodies, our neshamas as well. You understand? So each and every one of us contains within ourselves body and soul, essence and physicality, and then our composite of essence and physicality in and of ourselves and our nation as a whole is itself the physicality in relation to the essence of the tzaddik. The tzaddik is the aspect of the soul of the nation. Rosh B'nai Yisrael. Rosh is a Rebbe. This is the tzaddik. He's Rosh B'nai Yisrael. The essence of Am Yisrael. Like the Gemara tells us in Tainus and many other places, in Brachas also, the Gemara in Tainus tells us that the whole world is Nizah in Bishvil Chanida Bini. 
right? Rav Chanina Mendoza is going ahead and sustaining himself from Shabbos to Shabbos or Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos, Kav Charuvim, just one little tiny measure of Caribs, but ultimately the whole entire world is sustained through Chanina Bani, much like the Guf is sustained through the Neshama. And the Gemara in Bracha says, Amad Echad Yesh, right? There's one pillar in the world, it's the tzaddik, right? The tzaddik is spiritually connected to the sphere of Yisod, the channel that's bringing down shefa, much like the bris, right, in the physical body is bringing down shefa, life force, livelihood or potential for life. So to the tzaddik is that channel bringing down life force into the world, the sphere of Yisod, like the Pesach says, the tzaddik Yisod Olam. Yisod is the bris, is the channel, and the tzaddik is associated with that element. The tzaddik is the nesham. And he's bringing life force who exist, spiritually speaking, on a little bit of a lower level than him. And they are, in relation to the tzaddik, the physical element. And how do you go ahead and come to become the basar of the neshama that is the tzaddik? How do you allow yourself to become illuminated with that light of the neshama of the tzaddik to illuminate not only our physical lives, but our souls as well, to become impacted, to become permeated with this das, with this consciousness, this balance that we're speaking about, this geula, you know, this, this very elevated perspective on life that the tzaddik is gifting us in his teachings. is very much through shimash, through trying to serve the tzaddik, through trying to hang around the tzaddik, to see the way in which he acts, to see the way in which he speaks, to see the way in which he teaches, and what he teaches, to learn from the tzaddik. That's exactly what we're engaged, with, engaged in now. And Sichas Ram particularly, it's even more than Lakut is Shimosh of the tzaddik, in the sense that you get to see, you know, not just his teachings, but how he behaved, how he acted, what he did, how he moved. What a Shabbos looked like, we'll get to, and Yom Toivim, and so on. Shimosh of the tzaddik. That's how we become Basar, so to speak, to the Chacham. And so too in our own composite element, in our own identity, the more that the guf, like we described before, is seen only as serving the soul, as living in this world for the purpose of the neshama, to allow the neshama to come to revelation, to allow the neshama to perceive this world and take it in and manifest through the physical body, through doing the mitzvahs, that's how much our physicality is going to become secondary and the vessel and the garment for the neshama. So here you see the connection between these two things. The Zohar Kaddish speaks about the pasuk of being shaken off of the earth in the context of something wrong with the bechina of guf. Guf, that's come from Canaan. Don't take a physical element, a body, to my son, who's the aspect of soul. That's what Avram Avinu is saying. Why? Because they're going to be shaken off, ultimately, like dust off of a talus. But over here, based on Rabbi Nachman, you learn that what does it mean to have a holy body? What does it mean to refine the aspect of our physicality? Shimush of the tzaddik. So now this is a deeper understanding where Ibn Ahmed says that the more a person draws close to the tzaddik emes, memela, we are much less likely to run the risk of being included in that category of those that are going to be shaken off because we've become basar kodesh. We've allowed ourselves, both our guf and our neshama, to become a composite in the sense of corporeality 
in relation to the soul of the tzaddik to be illuminated with the tzaddik's light. So by putting these two things together, you can see a deeper Havana in Sichas Ran Chavbeis. Okay, that was a little bit parenthetic. Took longer than it was supposed to have, but let's get into the main part for tonight. So you guys are right on time. For, for Sicha Chav Gimel, Be'ezer Hashem. There's a tremendous amount to do, as always, all the Siyat HaDashmai. And like I said last time, Chav Beis is very much the Hakdama to Chav Gimel. Because over here also we're going to learn about this mysterious way in which the Tzaddik can give us something that otherwise we wouldn't have, and even to give us merit when we lack that merit. And we can somehow hold on to the Tzaddik's coattails and allow ourselves to be taken to a different place. Anava Amar Rabbi Nachman announced and he said, very powerful piece, very, a very harsh piece in a certain way, very real piece. He says, the mercy of this world, everybody sees. This mercy that's at play in human relationships. And people are much more likely to engage in this worldliness because we can perceive the way in which we're going to merit Rachmanus. We're going to merit mercy from people. For example, he says, we see a person is starving, dying of hunger, and thirst. It's very difficult for such a person. And a person that passes by and sees a person sprawled out on the floor, then in five minutes, if he doesn't have something to eat, he's going to die. People don't die from hunger on the streets, you know, in Western culture, in, in, in first world countries in 2020 and 2021 now. They don't, they, they, you know, we don't see such a thing, right? Why is that? Because there's Rachmanus in this world. Sometimes there's too much Rachmanus, sometimes it's not balanced, and so on and so forth. But either from the government or from individuals, there's Rachmanus in this world. That somebody who doesn't have something of his own accord can merit for another person to gift that to them. Whether it's food, and this is Rabbi Nachman's mashal here. You don't see people walking around not dressed, right? Why? Because he is Rachmanus love. If a person doesn't have clothing, they'll work it out. Somebody will have Rachmanus in him and give him clothing, right? Or will go to some gemach or some agency. There's Rachmanus in this world. And that's on hug of this worldliness. But Rabbi Nachman says, somebody who has spiritual eyes, which he primarily did, and the first time it's described in the Chaim around, the first time he saw a soul, it scared him terribly, and then after that he started seeing, you know, got used to seeing souls more than people. Toward the end of his life, his Iker Asik was with souls, to be Misak all the souls in that cemetery in Uman. But Rabbi Nachman says, a person who has a nayim, who could see spiritual things, he says, you think it's bad a person doesn't have food in this world? Or a person doesn't have clothing in this world? That's the least of it. He says, can you imagine a person who goes to the next world and doesn't have food or garments? We're going to speak about what that is. What's the garments? What's the food? What does that mean in Olam Haba? But a person sees that there are Souls, Kishamba Olam Haba in Olam Haba, there are souls, Nimsayim and Adam, there are people, souls of people, Shaholchima Rumim Mamish, that walk around without clothes. But over there, Ef Shalarachim Aleim Klau. But at that point, it's impossible to have mercy on them. Kiba Olam Azek, Shadam Eirim Aleim Malbush, in this world, when a person doesn't have clothing, Azek Ef Shalakabitz Nedavis, you go around, you take up a collection, and you can pay for a garment, you know, something cheap, something that he should wear, but something. Right? So he says, And you can you know, go to a tailor, they'll make something for him to wear from the scraps. At the end of the day, paupers go to bakeries and they, you know, they take all the leftover food they can't sell, but you'll get something. But in the next world, 
Mishoilech Eru, a person who goes without garments, he Eshel Klal. At that point, it's over. Kisham in Moil Shum It won't help to have mercy on him. Because what kind of malbush does he need? What is this malbush? What is this clothing that the person lacks in the next world? This is the garments of Torah study, mitzvah observance, that's only in this world. It's only in this world that we're charged with doing what we're supposed to do to procure these garments and to obtain this food. And then lost in love, oh, we have it. But a person who doesn't attain that in this world, he goes upstairs, it's it's, it's not anymore still within that realm of possibility. And here Ibn Achman throws in that caveat, and this is the extension of Chav Beis that we just learned. A person who is zochet to get close to the tzaddik, who he'll be able to run to the tzaddik. And he'll be able, by virtue of closeness to the tzaddik in his lifetime, to be able to share in some garment that the tzaddik has. Very interesting, because both of these sikhs are about garments. Chav Beis is about a garment that's being shaken off and clean. And over here it's about the garment that the tzaddik can give a person by trying to come close to tzaddikim, emunas chachamim, fulfilling their eights, believing in them, not over-philosophizing, walking in a way of tamimus upshitas, to try, to try our best, to open our minds to a different way of looking at things. So let's take a look at some of the sources, a big, big sugya to open up just a little bit. And then we'll finish the sikha. But let's take a look at the first, I think, five sources, and then we'll get back into it and we'll finish it off. And the first source is a Gemara in Erevin, Dafnun Daladam and Aleph. I want to read to you the second line first, even though it comes later in the Gemara, but it's all within the span of about seven lines in the Gemara. So let's look at the second line. Amr Shmuel Rabbi Yehuda. Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda, Shinina, wise one, grab and eat. Very famous words. I'm sure you've heard this from your mashkichim throughout, you know, throughout yeshiva. Uh, grab and eat. Grab and drink. Because this world that we're going to leave one day is like a big wedding. And ultimately when you leave the wedding, it's over. And you're not going to have the shmorg that you had by the wedding at home. I'm sure you have great food at home, but the sesame chicken at the shmorg, you don't have. So quickly while you're there, grab and eat. Grab and drink. Because when we depart, we depart to a place where there's no food, there's no drink. That's a Gemara in Erevin, which is very, very clear, right? Clearly connected to what Urban Achman is saying over here about the necessity to take from this world because there's no Rachmanus in the next world. And what we leave with, that's what we exist with. What's the function of those Malbushim? We'll learn in a minute. But take a look at the line. Again, it comes previously. But when you put these two things together, it's literally the paragraph we just learned, Tana. It's literally three lines on top of this Gemara. Talmud Echad was taught. Talmud Echad Hoyla the Rebeliezer. There was a Talmud the Rebeliezer hatch and a Schaib is Sreifalamakim. It was Mamish. Chayib, he did something. He fell into a, to, to, to some sort of Aveira that wasn't good. He needed a very, very, very big tikkun. Amru, and they told him, Hanichulai. Adam Gadol Shimesh. Let him go. He was Mishamish. What does, that, what does that have to do? He himself, in terms of what his own neshama needed, sreifa, certain cleansing, whatever that is, sreifa, hanach, leave him, adam gadol shimesh. The schus of the tzaddik is making on him. To have these two 
uh, teachings, you know, three, within three lines of each other, is mamish the sicha from Rabbi Nachman. That from the standpoint, without his garbus tzadikim, chatoyfe echol chatoyfe ishti, and we have to do that anyway, right? That's lechatchila, and that's Rabbi Nachman spoke more than any of the tzadikim. It's interesting. These are very, very few teachings you find in Kisrei Breslov where Rabbi Nachman spoke in such a way, like, oh, and if you don't make it, the tzaddik will, you know, will help you. Because Rabbi Nachman, more than any of the tzaddikim, spoke about the necessity for our own avoda. Rabbi Nachman said, don't think that I was just born a tzaddik and just, you know, he said, I worked hard, and if you work hard, you'll get to mamish to my level. And he, and he demanded a tremendous amount from his, uh, from his talmidim. And, and he refused even to give them aces clearly. When people came to him for advice, he would not tell you what to do, ever. He would contextualize. He would say, okay, let's talk through the options and then leave it up to your own choice. Because Rabbi Nachman wanted us to own our Yiddishkeit. It's a paradoxical thing. He stressed so much reliance on the tzaddik, but only for eitzahs that will enable you to do what you need to do. So if you hear this is only like after, after, ex post facto, you know, after the whole story is dead and gone and you're done, Nope, there's an haga that is garvis tzaddikim in your life for the purpose of trying to implement their eitzos as best as you can will ultimately be able to stand by you in some capacity. And we see that from this Gemara in Erevin as well. On the one hand, the second statement, on the other hand, there's this hanhaga, hanichulai, adam gadol shimesh. Says the Tanah de Belio, What does this mean to be unclothed, spiritually speaking? What does that mean? Says the Elegatana de Bilio, Kisira, Aram, the Chisisai. He says, When you see a person that doesn't have clothing and you'll cover him, it's a Pasig in Yeshayo. Ketzad, what does this mean? What does this mean to see a person that's unclothed? What's the deeper meaning? You know what it means not to have a garment, a person that's devoid of Torah. What does it mean to clothe him? Take him into your house, teach him. Lamdu Kriyashma, teach him the simple things. Kriyashma Tfila. Lamdu Pasik Echad Bakal Yoyma Alocha Achas. Teach him every day. Go slow. One little teaching. One little teaching. Another teaching, like we learned in a previous Sikha about consistency. You can take a person who's in the lowest depth, at least learn something, but make it consistent. Force yourself every day, especially in the summer, it's prevalent. Guys are going back to America. Don't let one day go without learning. Not one day. Something, whatever place. If you could have a Seder consistently, even if it's a half hour, you can't. Because your Yiddishkeit is not your yeshiva. Your yeshiva is supposed to be a, uh, a vessel for your Yiddishkeit. But your Yiddishkeit has to be yours. Because you're not going to be in yeshiva forever. You have to make Yiddishkeit your own. Very, very important. That's the benchmark of a Jew that's in it for Abedus Hashem, vis-a-vis a Jew that's in it for the cultural expectation of what we're supposed to do. And the second it becomes Ben Azmanim, done, finished. Until the first day of Azmanim becoming fresh, like, you know, nothing happened. A whole Ben Azmanim, you could accomplish a lot of Ben Azmanim. It doesn't have to be that at level of intensity or even those Lamudim every single day you have to you have to can't live without it so consistency something and and try to encourage him as much as possible to keep the mitzvahs because you don't have a person that's unclothed to this extent that's the real nature of what it means not to have clothing and it's a nebuch on them. It's not a judgment thing. It's like, oh, look at this person. He doesn't know anything. It's a nebuch. Because you understand what this knowledge is supposed to give us. You understand that it's supposed to allow us to live a life that's shining with, with, with depth and with expensivity, with broad-mindedness, with beauty, with, with, with balance, with health, with everything good in the world. Forget about olam haba in the next world. That's, that's cute. 
One day we'll get to Olam Haba. The Iker is Chayar Mitzvah, the Mitzvah in Olam Hazeh. Ashrecha Olam Hazeh, also Tov Lach Olam Haba. But the Iker is, is what we get from this in this world. That the Nebuchadnezzar Chaim tells us, and the Tanya also makes reference to this, that our whole Gan Eden is only the sum total of our experience of the mitzvahs in this world. Just we're so physical, physicality oriented that we don't experience the, the pleasure of a mitzvah. But essentially putting on tefillin is supposed to be bliss. It's supposed to be the deepest joy and pleasure, literally. That a person wouldn't want to be anywhere else or doing anything else at the time that a person is engaged in Torah mitzvahs. After a person has finished the mitzvah, says the Nebuchadnezzar Chaim and Sha'al of Aleph, that energy leaves and it becomes your Ganeidin. That's the Ganeidin is a sum total of the mitzvahs that we do. It's not that we do a mitzvah and we earn Ganeidin. Ganeidin is the sum total. And the tzaddikim wanted to re, or to allow us to redefine our identity so we could already begin tapping into that now. That Yiddishkeit could be Ivdu as Hashem there's no other way. Not that we have to force ourselves, it's the, it's the most pleasurable thing in the world to be plugged in to what it was that we came down to this world to do, to be living a life of yashras, to be living a life of kisader, not low kisader, and hiding and pretending. And f- there's no life like it. It's a, it's, a, it's a life of broadness. And so this is what it's called, Arum. And you see the Pasuk refers to Am Yisrael, the Mitzrayim, Shenem, the Pasuk. In Cheskel says a famous Pasuk, we say this in the Haggadah, I believe, or maybe the next Pasuk. No, we, we say this Pasuk as well. You grew up, you grew mature, and your hair grew. But you were, you were unclothed. Says the Don't read it that you grew up. You became rectified. What does that mean? You were empty of mitzvahs. What does it mean by at arum area? It means that you had nothing. What did they have over there? They had two mitzvahs. You had two mitzvahs, both associated with blood. Out of 613, their whole Yiddishkeit, two mitzvahs. And that's what the next passage says. It's a reference to these two elements of the blood-related mitzvahs that I said, in your blood you shall live. But they only had two mitzvahs. You were unclothed because you only had these two, but you were, you were missing the whole experience of Yiddishkeit. And by the way, here we are in the three weeks yet again, and we're preparing, you know, for a tishabav that's going to be a fleshig tishabav and, and a tishabav of a yantif. But ultimately, we have to really understand these days that our whole Yiddishkeit of six thirteen, as we experience it, is is itself a caricature of a caricature. It's completely distorted. It's completely truncated, because a Yiddishkeit without the Vesamikdash is extremely limited. So much of what our avoda is supposed to look like. You think about a Pesach. You think about a. You think about a Yom Kippur. I mean, the whole Yom Kippur, even the highest Yom Kippur experience you could dream of, it doesn't touch the toenails of the toenails of what Yom Kippur really was like, where we all collectively closed our mouths and didn't say anything, and Be'etzim watched the the Kohen Gadol just doing the avoda for us. Also, the tzaddik being drawn into his experience. What that was like, you know, the Ananiya covered. What that was like to see that red string turn white, to be able to literally perceive God's presence. Aryam Kippur is, is a caricature of that. It's very, very limited, extremely limited. So there's also an aspect of, of, of being unclothed vis a vis what we could be, what we could look like. We're wearing tatters. This is not how Yiddish Kat is supposed to look. 
let's take a look at this piece from the Balatanya. Of course, it's part of a much longer piece, a very, very important piece in Parshas Miketz. Again, you know, this is just to give you a little bit of a hint and a taste, but really encouraged to look all these sources up, you know, at the source and the Sefer, you see it, it's a, it's a huge drasha. And even these three three pieces are like taken out of, you know, they, they, it's, not, it's not flowing, it's just three separate pieces. I cut out a lot in the middle. That wasn't exactly relevant to what we're talking about here. But the Helega Balatanya in Torah Aram Parshas Miket says the following. He says it's explained in the Helega Zara Kadesh. That the mitzvahs are called garments. That the neshama wears, so to speak, in Gan Eden. And the neshama needs to have tarig mitzvahs. There are traditions that we have to be sent down in reincarnation after reincarnation until we fulfill all of them and so on. But lekayim tarig mitzvahs bechdeshi yeha malbush b'shleimos, so that a person's malbush, a person's garment, should be not missing any element. It should be complete in Gan Eden. If a person lacks one mitzvah, or lacks an element of the shleimus of a mitzvah, chaser levusha. So there's something wrong with the garment. Lachain therefore tzrichem lavei oid. And that's why I just made reference. He has to come back down to this world. Like Kaim a mitzvah ha'ish chaser that he was lacking bechdei lahashlim hamalbush, so that this garment can be completely constructed and 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 and, and completed. Now again, and the question obviously the obvious question is why? What is this all about? What do you need these garments for? Why is it so important for, important for these garments to be complete? What does it mean for these garments to be missing? Mainaf Kamino, what's the difference? To explain this, this blew my mind the first time I saw this. What do we know about Asid Lava? What do we know about the Skar Ganeiden? What is it? What are, we, what are we waiting for? It's Hasagas, it's perceptions of godliness. It's deep illuminations to be able to bask in the Ziv Hashchina, who is God, what is God, one with his wisdom, one with the deepest, unfathomable wisdom and clarity that we're going to get into every detail, not just of our lives and our Gulgulim and Gulguli Gulgulim and of history and of the functionality of every single system that we came into contact with that we couldn't understand. We're going to spend the rest of our lives unraveling every detail of the code that then becomes the physical world and became history and becomes events in our own lives and so on and so forth. But Asad Lavo, Ganeid, and this is Hasagos, Ziv Hashchina. And this ray is a little bit of an illumination of the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we're going to sit there basking in the illumination of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is a little bit, it's, it's funny, you know, it's a ray of infinity. Well, a ray sounds like it's finite. How could you have a ray of infinity? But it's a little bit of a taste of, of that infinite, infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And because of this, and this actually relates to what we spoke about in the beginning of this year from the Malbim that we learned last week. The neshama that is in and of itself a gvul in the sense that it's a, you know, identity, it's limited on some level. That light of the Shekhinah is going to be blinding to the soul. Completely blinding. That is the essence of godliness that comes in the form of this illumination upon the soul in Gan Eden. And the only way for this neshama to have access to this infinite like him, 
al yidei levush. The only way is going to be through this levush, through this garment. Shehu bechinas mesech. That it's the in the India aspect of like a screen. It's through these garments that we're going to be able to filter the light of Akadosh Baruch Hu in such a way that it won't damage us. Adaraba, it'll cut it down to size. We can wear sunglasses and appreciate the sun, right? Otherwise, it's going to blind us. That's what the mitzvahs are. It's an incredible thing because usually we think that the mitzvahs are the light in and of themselves. It turns out that the light of a Kodesh Baruch Hu is shining all the time. We're overwhelmed by this ever-infinite, shining, illuminating light of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's infinity all the time. And the mitzvot is like the negative. The mitzvot that, that we do, you put on tefillin, ah, so you created a screen through which now that otherwise blinding godliness that would overwhelm us and does overwhelm us to the point that we're not even aware of it, now we made a little bit of a vessel through which that can come to expression. But it changes the way that we think about mitzvot and what the mitzvot are and what Allah is and what the Dalit Amos of Allah is, right? It forms a screen to allow us to perceive that godliness that's shining all the time. What's that? A tzimtzum. Tzimtzum. And if you look into our Lamed Gimel, which I'm learning with somebody now after Shachar's in the mornings, Lamed Gimel, Rabbi Nachman describes all of the mitzvot as tzimtzum, as incredible constrictions. Because each, each and every mitzvah has so many different limitations of what the mitzvah is. The mitzvah is itself replete with limitations. All of halacha, kasher, pasal, tamitar, mutar, asr, the six days of the week, it's limit, right? And that's why it's the dalit amos of halacha. It's very, very limited, constricted. That constriction will allow for the light of a Kodesh Baruch Hu to come down to us in a way of constriction so that we can attain it. Otherwise, it's infinite and we're finite. So there has to be that interface that allows the infinity to come down through the finite to then reflect within our lives in a, man in a manageable way. And that's what the mitzvahs are. Through this levush, through this mesach, yechoyle lekabla or v'haziv ukumayshe muva, that this is this mesach, this is this screen, upargod, and this barrier. Ukumay derech mashal, and he says, this is the derech mashal. Or gadola tremendously blinding light. boy, like the sun that a person can't look at. It's too overwhelming. It's far too strong. But when you have, like we said, sunglasses, then a person is able to go ahead, and a person is able to access after. We've managed to allow for there to be a, 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 you know, a barrier and a vessel that's allowing to conceal the light a little bit, and that's what the mitzvahs are in a certain way. They conceal that you know, purely burning, just dveikus and Akadosh Baruch. A little bit, the mitzvahs say, hold on one second. There are certain halachas you have to follow. You can't just you know, do whatever you want. That's a tzimtzum. Through that tzimtzum dafka, we bring the light of Akadosh Baruch down to us in a manageable way. Through that, yichodim lahabit boy. This is a muscle that oftentimes the Magad Mazrich brings, the Balatani's Rebbe. That if you have a tremendously deep idea, you can't really just give it over as it is to a person that's understanding less. 
You have to put it into a garment, which is a mushal. You have to put it into a story, put it into a parable. Or the parable is a huge concealment onto the actual sodos, onto the actual secrets that are being conveyed, that they become the vehicle and the medium through which these incredibly deep ideas can be transmitted. That's how the mitzvahs are understood. They are a levushim. It's only a mushal, it's a parable to God. The mitzvahs are That's what they create. A space into which HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light can flow in a constricted way so that we can access it. Otherwise, it would be overwhelming. And that's why the Torah is called the Mashal Hakadmaini. It's called the ancient parable. For there to be an essential, pure revelation of the will of God in and of itself, impossible. It would be impossible to reveal that essential illumination of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as HaKadosh Baruch Hu to limited creatures. Rak. It's only when that will comes down into mitzvahs, maizias, gashmias. Right? And, and this is all the different mitzvahs he's going to speak about. Physical mitzvahs. Mitzvahs that are associated with the human body. Tefillin, tzitzis, sukkah, matzah, drinking on Purim. All these physical mitzvahs. That the will of a Kaddish Baruch who comes down into them, much like a Seichel Elyon comes down into a Seichel Tachton, Rabbi Nachman speaks about this in Torah Lamed, comes down into a mushal, then we're able to access it. Then we're able to bring it into our lives. Right? That's what the mitzvahs are. They're tzimtzumim. A rice of kachrichuchat. Right? They're one. And that's what allows us to access the godliness that really is shining all the time but specifically can come down into the vessels that we're creating, dafka through our Torah and mitzvahs. The shorish of the mitzvahs is even deeper, it's far higher. Not getting into the depth of this now. They are, can't get into it now. Through the aspect of hairs. But they ultimately become all the way down, rooted in this physical world. The beginning is bound up with the end. It's specifically through the mitzvahs as they manifest in this world of limit. We're able to tap into the highest, highest level of godliness that's essentially always shining, but we would have no access to it except through the tzimtzum, except through the limit of the mitzvahs. Achein, therefore, through the mitzvahs, we are able to access the makif, umesech. We're able to create some sort of garment. What's a garment? It's a makif. It surrounds us. It protects us. That's what a garment is. Armor is a garment. It protects. It surrounds the body. And that's what the mitzvahs are. So that we should be able to taste in the mitzvahs. In this world also. Like we spoke about, to be able to perceive within the mitzvahs, the schar olam haba, schar mitzvah, is the mitzvah in and of itself. That will become our schar in olam haba because we've, be, we've built for ourselves, we've, we've woven for ourselves this garment that we can take to the bank. That in, uh, in Gan Eden, we're going to walk in shielded that with all the mitzvahs that are proper shields so that we can access. It's like walking into a, uh, you know, chas v'shan. To walk into a, to, you know, to what's it called, like a 3D uh, theater, what are they called? Uh, um, Something, what? IMAX? No, I, no yeah, an IMAX, but there's a certain glasses, 3D. Yeah, that's, that's called 3D? 
called something else now, an IMAX 3D. But you walk in and they give you these glasses, right? Why? Because you walk in and there's something happening that the human eye just cannot grasp on its own. Abby, you walk in wearing those glasses, Mamele, you could get the experience. So it means to say a person comes into Olam Haba, the video is playing with all of its capacity to be seen in the most mind-blowing way. But you don't have the glasses that are going to allow you to see that. So that's what the mitzvahs are. The mitzvahs are the glasses. The mitzvahs are the tools that will enable us to experience the full experience of the ziva of what that is, the illuminations and the depth and the understanding of Olam Haba. And that's why the neshama was sent to this world. It was a descent for the purpose of ultimate ascent. Through the mitzvahs, through the constrictions. That's how. Not that the mitzvahs are themselves the light. The mitzvahs are vessels that enable us to filter the light properly so that we can access them in this world but in the world to come primarily. Through that garment, through that that the neshama is going to go up to the next world with these IMAX glasses, right? With these incredible, even more than that. Can you imagine if there was such a uh, experience that would be IMAX-like, but it's not just for the eyes. It's for touch, it's for smell, it's for an immersive experience. And you would have to wear this, you know, garment like made out of some sort of, that you could walk into and like, you can't even imagine. They don't have such a thing right now. And that's only physically they don't even have. Imagine for the neshama, that's what the mitzvahs are. You wrap your whole self in this incredible garment that allows you to just experience something that otherwise would be completely beyond you. It's there, it's happening, the experience is all around you, within you, but you lack the vessels to attain it. And so we were sent down to this world to experience the Torah and mitzvahs, to be able to access these special kinds of, of garments, of lenses. So that when we go up to Gan Eden, we're going to have these neshamas that Rabbi Nachman says, there are so many that don't have. And what a nebuch on them. It's mamash a nebuch. Because they're rooted in a very, very high place. Through the fulfillment of the Ratzon of Hashem, in this world, then we come to the next world with our garment, whatever that looks like. When the, when the, uh, when the light will be revealed. So then, when all the mitzvahs that we did create a sum total of this incredible garment or this 3D IMAX lens and film through which we can experience Asid Lavo, then we're going to be able to experience what that is. Infinitely. That's the Balatani's understanding of what the mitzvahs are and how they correlate to the concept of levush, which is a paradigm shift, right? We, you know, we don't have the time now to go into every detail because we have a lot to accomplish still in the next 15 minutes or so, but this is a very, very important idea. That the mitzvahs are tzimtzumim to enable us to perceive the godliness that's shining all the time. Through the mitzvahs, we're able to bring it into our lives in a manageable way, and it's the mitzvahs themselves that combine to produce the garment with which we go up, and we're outfitted properly to be able to experience that pleasure and that experience, which is, of course, a spiritual pleasure that we can't really grasp, but a little bit we can grasp on a soul level in this world via our engagement with the mitzvahs. But what does Rabbi Nachman mean? That you go to the tzaddik and he can give you a garment. How does that work? Says the Hashem the Ramchal. 
כי הנה השקיפה חכמה ליון על כל מה שהיה, ראוי שימצא לתיקון המין. This Chachmel Yoyna, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he was planning out the world on the level of Chachmeila, planning everything holistically, he wanted to make that everything would be possible to come to what? To Tikkun. That's the Ramchal's, the premise of the Ramchal's Kabbalah, is that the whole purpose is that everything's going to be Mesach and Metukun in the end. Arizal as well, but the Ramchal stresses this again and again and again. Ultimately, everything will be rectified. Everything, everything, everything will be rectified. And all of history, this entire process, is a process of Aliyah, is a process of rising. Individually, collectively, nationally, historically, everything is getting better and better and better all the time. That a Kodesh Baruch Hu wanted that everything should ultimately be fixed, should be complete. There shouldn't be anything left. There would be a fitting Indian that there should be in the capacity of some of those perfected beings to help out some that were not yet perfected. And to help them out spiritually, somebody who in and of himself and by virtue of his own striving and by virtue of his own success reaches a very level, reaches a level of completion. He should be connected and included within the gathering of those that are called B'nai Olam Haba. But somebody who perfected his behaviors should attain such a level that when somebody else is going to be toil on him, should be able to go ahead and have Hana from this other person, Shlemus, even though he lacks it. Right, obviously the person that's coming on to, you know, the tzaddik in the sense that he relies on him is essentially going to be lower. But ultimately, even though he himself is not perfected, he should not be cast out from the possibility of attaining perfection. Only a person that's completely out and is not having a kesher to tzaddikim and himself doesn't have any mitzvah in and of himself. But it comes out that through this there's possibility for salvation for everyone, no matter who you are. There will be more that will ultimately get to enjoy the ziv hashchina. Obviously, you can't say that those that are relying on the tzaddikim will have the same portion in Olam Abba, because like Rabbi Nachman said, they'll have some level of the levush, but not the ultimate tikkun of the tzaddikim, and that's why we have to put in our effort to make sure that we're, you know, we're doing everything in our, possibility, in our, in our capacity to, uh, to get to the highest levels. They're going to be the heads. Right? And those that rely on them and need to rely on them, those that become the basar to their neshama, will be on a lower level. 
Right? That's why Kaddish Baruch Hu connected each and every Jewish soul one to the other. So that when souls excel, they're going to be able to draw other souls up with them, even though those th- souls do not have merit on their own. This is what it means that each and every Jewish neshama is relying on the other, is an arev to the other is a guarantor, meaning that we, we, we have responsibility, mutual responsibility one for another. Shazach Ruzal, the Chazal mentioned, Kihine, Aide Zenis Nimsa Imiskashrim, Ksasam, Ksasam. Some will be bound to the others. Vlenefrodim Ishla Atzmai. You will never have a Jew who's on his own, just alone, wandering, without any potential, without any capacity to be saved. Through Iskashrim Sadikim, that should be a primary uh, Yisod in Yiddishkeit, just as much as Torah, Tfila, Sadikim. To know that there's such a concept to bind ourselves to them, to learn from them, to follow in their ways. So Mamela, there won't be any Jew that's left alone. Because we'll always be able to grab something from the tzaddik, even if we ourselves are lacking and are not zochah. And if it's true that each and every one of us is on some level responsible for the sin of another, certainly we can help each other out in a way of merit. And we close the last few minutes with this confounding teaching from Aymaran that speaks very, very much to this point. And then the Tanya, many of you have learned this already, but you'll look it up in Tanya, the end of Parak Hay, which speaks about this as well, more in the context of the Achila and the Shtia. But take a look at this piece from Chaim Aran, says Rabbi Nachman Kufbeis. Shamati b'shmoi shesipar, says Rabbi Nachman, I heard that Rabbi Nachman said, listen to this, mamash wild. Birushalayim, in the city that we're zochah to be sitting in right now, those of us who are here physically, and those of us who are not here physically should be zochah to join us very, very, very quickly, Be'ezer Hashem. Yesh Be'ez HaKnesset, says Rabbi Nachman, there's a certain shul there. Shemavian l'sham kol ha-mesim in that shul, they bring all of the people that have died, they bring them into the shul. You have to be careful which shuls you go into here in Yerushalayim. It's not so, now, oops, <laughs> walk in and you see what's going on. All the souls, they, all the dead people, they bring into this shul. I've been to them shuls which were like the living dead, you know? But over here, this is the mamish. Mason. He says, the minute that someone dies from the world, they bring him into this base Knesset, into this shul in Yerushalayim. The entire base in Shalmala takes place in that shul. That's what's happening. Here's some strange sounds from Ezra Snashem. That's what's going on. In this shul in Yerushalayim, all of this is happening. Where he should go. There are those that die here that are taken to Chutzlar. There are those that die there that are taken to Yisrael, not physically, spiritually speaking. Like the Zohar Kaddish teaches. In that shul, is this based in where they're judging people? And giving him his portion in, in, the, in the world to come. But then there are those that are, are uh, you know, are judged with not having any place. Via Nevad. 
that they should be cast into this place. The Zohar describes of a kafa kela. It's like not even knowing if you're dead or alive or just completely in limbo, not here, not there. It's like a terrible kind of, of, of pain for the neshama. Of course, there's no purpose of punishment, but it's all a cleansing process to ultimately then met, bet, uh, uh, you know, be zoche in all of the schar that we earn that doesn't go away no matter how much a person sins. It's a cleansing process. It's a tremendous, tremendous uh, chesed that a Kaddish Baruch Hu does that we should be zoche to come to our tikkun. But there are those that are, that, are, uh, that, are, that are decreed upon that they should go to this place. When they bring the mesim there, they bring them in clothes. Some people's clothes are missing. They are blemished. One person's garment is missing a sleeve. One is missing a hem. And the garments are not complete. What are the garments? The mitzvahs that we learned. What's the point of the mitzvahs? The 3D, you know, uh, IMAX, right? To give us this ability to experience that experience. Everything in accordance with the actions of that person. As it is known and as we've learned now for the past hour. In accordance with his malbushim, that's how he's judged. How much is missing or how complete it is. Then he's going to be able to attain what he's going to be able to attain or not. Pam Acha said Rabbi Nachman, one time they brought a person who was completely and entirely unclothed. Without any of these spiritual garments, and they said, okay, there's no place for you. You're not going to be able to experience at all that experience in Olam Haba. He should be thrown into this cleansing process, the washing machine up there. It's not pleasant. Because again, he was lacking all garments. But Ubat Sadik Echon, but came along at Sadik and he saw what was happening. That Sadik took one of his garments and he threw it upon that person. The Basin got angry at him. What's going on over here? But that person doesn't merit to have a garment. This is the result of his actions or inactions. This is the way it is. How do you come now giving him a garment? That's not his. Listen to what the tzaddik said, and with this we'll finish. The tzaddik says, don't worry. I need this neshama for something. I, tzaddik goizer, HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a certain way the tzaddikim have more say than God. HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a decree that tzaddik mevatlet. That tzaddik makes a decree, Hashem mekayim it. Everything HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted that it should work through the tzaddikim, they should be bossing him around, kiviachal, and running the world in as much as they're able. Ultimately, there are decrees that are un- uh, nullifiable, that's a word. Rabbi Nachman speaks about that. But ultimately, the tzaddik has tremendous, tremendous power. And so the tzaddik says, it's on me. I need this soul for something. I need the soul for something. And that's why I have the right to clothe him in my garment. Said the tzaddik to the basin shomala in a shul in Yerushalayim. Do you not see? Sometimes there's a king. He sends one of his lowly servants on a mission to some other king somewhere. And Evet, the servant is not going. So the king asked him, Why haven't you gone? 
to carry out my bidding to go to this and this king. Hey, Shabbat the servant says, what do you want from me? I'm dressed in rags. I'm, I'm, I'm dressed like a simpleton. I'm, I'm not, I don't have the garments that are necessary to go you can't go in such, uh, in such clothing. Said the king, don't worry. Go run into my room, take out you know, some garments, some you know, shirt that I have hanging there in the closet. And he should put it on this person. And then go quick, because it's my shlichus. And if you're going on my shlichus, you can dress in garments of the king, even though you don't have any of your own. Kain Machma said the tzaddik to the based in Shomala. Kach Machma shani I need this soul to work for me. He's mine. You know, he's under my protexia. And so the tzaddik spared this person from this tikkun and he gave him a malbush that enabled him to go ahead and to access told this over to speak about this power that the tzaddik has to help people out lost and love it. People think it's a breastful concept, you know. Like Rabbi Nachman said, it was facetiously. You know, how Rabbi Nachman spoke, it didn't mean literally pay, is it? It was, it was his way of saying, I can help you out, lost and love it. I can pull you out by your pays. First of all, we find gemaras that Avram Avinu pulls you out by something else, right? By, by, by your bris. So we already find this concept, but all the tzaddikim, it's not a concept that Rabbi Nachman made up. All the tzaddikim from Darizal, all the tzaddikim Panemius, the Kabayashar, many, many different tzaddikim, the Kedusha Slavi, very clearly, the Marinai, literally, every Sefer brings this idea that the tzaddik, as he goes up to Gan Eden, passes through Gehenim, and all of those that had shaykhs with him are, are, are drawn up after him. We don't understand it, we don't get it. This is the Anhag of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's Anhag Lamalami Scharvah is the Anhag that we live in, and we cannot rely on this provision that one day, oh, the tzaddik will just go to the tzaddik. It doesn't happen that way. We have to do everything in our capacity to utilize our connection to the tzaddik to make the changes in our lives that we can to obtain the garments that we can in this world. But ultimately, ultimately, yesh inyan, there's a concept that by connecting to tzaddik and by opening up our hearts to their advice and by trying the best to follow in their advice, to live as well as best as we can and to engage in the Torah of Ayaminu Bashem Uva Moisha Avdeh, there's a place for the tzaddik there. Ultimately, there's going to be benefit, like the Ramchal tells us, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu set the system up so we should be able to have benefit from the benefit of the tzaddikim. So this is a very big sugya. We did a lot, but there's a lot more to do in this sugya. Uh, we're moving on. We, we can't spend so much time you know, delving into each and every idea, but I highly encourage you to look up these sources inside. If you're interested, I can give you more sources on the topic. Um, but this is a very, very important thing to think about what mitzvahs are, what the ultimate goal is, who we are essentially. We spoke about in the beginning, and um, we should be zocha to have malbushim na'im in this world and the next world to be able to taste the Gan Eden of the mitzvos as we're performing them and to live a life that's bursting with beauty and with goodness. And uh, we should be zocha to all good. So thank you so, so much for joining. Thank you to all of those who joined and are watching online on Zoom and on Facebook. Thank you for learning with us here in Yerushalayim. And um, Hashem, we will see you next week. Thank you so, so much. Call to all the best. Thanks, guys. Ashrenu, thank you so much. There's a lot here. A, a lot here. Do we have a minute? We have a minute, right? Yeah, everybody. I presume we didn't have a marriage yet, right? Can we dive in? Is it too early? Huh? Yeah.